Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan here with my pal Kieran Deal. Hi. Hey. And Grace Cara. Hi. This week, my pals join me to talk about the family separation policy's ongoing impact on people's lives and whether or not we feel bad about Trump supporters who can't find dates. Spoiler alert, we do not. Plus, Grace and I teach Kieran about juggalos. This week in Sorry, and then we head to New York for I'll Have What She's Having. But first, the good news. Ladies, I wanted to, before we get into it today, RIP to Donald Trump's Hollywood Walk of Fame star. It's so hard. It's real harsh. So this morning, a man carrying a guitar case uh, walked up to the Hollywood Walk of Fame star of our president, Donald Trump. Uh, opened the guitar case, removed a pickaxe. Mm. This is where it gets slapstick. <laughs> removed, <laughs> removed a pickaxe, smashed that fucker to smithereens, the star. The star. Then called the police on himself and left the scene. I, I, that's my favorite part of this, calling the police on yourself. It's like you're your own your, your own prisoner. Yeah, that's the mic drop of crime. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that like he took the pickaxe and he broke it. I was like, oh, now that's... A gif I'd like to see. Oh, yeah. That would have been a great, you know, like everyone's always making their gifts. And I was like, oh, him like destroying the star if he's going to get arrested for it anyway. Right. You know, is he going to? Or can it be seen as art? Well, he turned himself in. Mm. So it's like probably, well, you wanted to date him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know if he's single. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, because, you know, he kind of really takes you on a journey because on one hand, guitar case. Ooh. Right. Guitar case. (laughs) Oh, wait, you're you're not into into guitars? The uh, acoustic guitars? The six stringers? Uh... So. You're kind of a sucker for that, aren't you? A little bit of a sucker. Well, I also play guitar myself. That's so, why. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so basically, if Aaron's you want to date me, Aaron. this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, I just, I just think that it's so, it's so Los Angeles. I just got here on on Saturday for this like long job, so I'm going to be out here for a while. And it's so Los Angeles that somebody was like, you know what? I'm going to smash his Hollywood walk <laughs> Also, the timing of it is fascinating. It's like not when he got elected or not after, you know, any particularly inflammatory. It's just a random Tuesday. It's also the second time it's happened. Yeah. Because it happened in 2016. Oh, is that like, true? Yes. Oh. But then this guy, but this guy was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go back in for the kill. And mm-hmm. he really like went for it harder. Different but- guy though, right? Different guy. Different guy. It would be great okay. if it was the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is my bit. This is my <laughs> life's purpose. And he says that to any celebrity that he's unhappy with. Sorry, <laughs> Almond Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I hope that the, well, the, the star is pretty fairly pulverized. Like, oh, if you take yeah. it, it is an X star. It is no yeah. longer, it is no longer a star. I don't know if you watched the video of when the police officer came in, but he was definitely sauntering. <laughs> like, it was a heavy saunter. It was like, this is, I'm okay with There's this. There's no urgency like, yeah, to there was, that. He was just like, he was really taking his time. I mean, <laughs> um, get there. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned it's just a random day, but end of July has weirdly held a lot of significant dates in the scandal life of Donald Trump. Mm. The Paul Manafort raid happened oh, on July right. 26th. And I remember that because July 26th is my birthday. <gasps> happy upcoming birthday. Happy thank birthday. thank you. you. Thank you. I'm I'm still alive. <laughs> I made it. Um, but I, but it's like there was this, there was the, the both of the conventions happened at the end of 
July 2016. Right. So right. this is kind of, you know, astrologically speaking, I don't believe in astrology, but mm -hmm. astrologically speaking, this is an important time for the Trump campaign to have bad things happen. To is this what Leo season, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go to the good news. There has actually been yes. some good news stories in the week this week. Yes. Grace. Do you so, want to start? I would love to start. Uh, all you Nevada heads out there, I know there's a lot of you. What do you call a person from Nevada? Nevadan? Nevadan? Nevadian? I don't know, but we're going to get emails about it now. We sure are. <laughs> Please email us about this. Um, so Nevada is about to make history by electing the country's, potentially electing the country's first female majority state legislator. Very Ooh. exciting. Uh, that's right. Nevada inches away from looking like an episode of Godless. I don't know if you guys have seen <laughs> that, but pretty awesome. Except for that trucky character who I could not stand. <laughs> have you seen the show? I no, I only okay. I only know. I, I don't know if is that too niche a reference. You Snapchat me if it's too niche a reference. <laughs> I'm not on Snapchat. If you're over thirty and on Snapchat, by the way, just walk into the sea. Anyway, um, so women in Nevada. Uh, won a record number of primaries in June. Very exciting. Nevada saw more than double the number of recruits this year than any that they've seen in the past 12 years. Uh, and so based on party registration and the partisan makeup of their districts, women are favored to control 27 out of 42 seats heading into the 27 uh, Nevada legislature. So that's 19 in the Assembly, 8 in the Senate. Um, so women have to add at least five seats, including four in some highly competitive Assembly districts, to secure this 32-seat majority. Um, but it's very possible. So uh, to me, this begs two questions. First of all, if women are leading the state, who is going to do the laundry? I <laughs> don't know <laughs> how that's going to get done. I mean, have you seen a detergent ad? The dad's always like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, gonna, Everybody's just going to be pouring things on the ground. Yeah. Except for when Meghan Markle wrote that ad when she was 12 and she wrote and she was like, people, people need to do their dirty dishes. Do you remember this? Did yes. she do that? Yes, yeah, she did. This was her oh baby God. feminism act. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. She was interviewed by Linda Ellerby. <gasps> That's a deep cut. Oh, I love that. Mm, mm. Uh, does our demo know and love Linda Ellerby? She I'm is sure. dear to my heart. <laughs> well, okay, so the se second question to pose to you guys, in, in all seriousness, how do we make sure that we balance quality along with quantity when mm. it comes to this kind of thing? Because we're very close to approaching this amazing milestone. I think we all agree that representation is huge and, and important and fantastic. And if we can get not just equal female representation, but a female majority representation, that would be you know, theoretically amazing, but what happens if a lot of these candidates who are female are also shitty biddies? Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you balance these two? I think that's a great question, and I think that you know the Nevada thing isn't an entirely a hundred percent positive news story just because it's women. Yes. But I think it is interesting that a state is capable of possibly electing women, even even if not all of them are great, mm -hmm. even if not all of them are people that I would vote for or that I even think anybody should support. I think the fact that gender hasn't been a barrier from for them is a good sign. I, I think that that's mm -hmm. the takeaway from it. It's like gender, okay, so gender isn't a barrier in, in this specific case, in these specific races, these women have been able to win despite their gender or, you know, maybe because of it. But mm -hmm. so I think that's, you know, that's, I think that's a good takeaway because we can't pretend that just being a woman is enough. Agreed. They're agreed, still yeah. politicians. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's a woman and also a politician. <laughs> so, uh, Karen, what do you have? I have the story about um, there was the woman who inherited millions of dollars and she's been giving it away in $25,000 chunks to female artists over 40. And she revealed who she was. And it was the artist Susan Unterberg. Did you guys, Unterberg? Susan Unterberg? So I looked up a bunch of her work. Uh, she's a stunningly good photographer, and so she was anonymous since 1992, and she had access to these huge amounts of funds. She 
gives this kind of like mid-career grant when women really need kind of a push because sometimes as an artist you can be doing well but you're not necessarily getting financial benefits from it Mm -hmm. you're the hot new thing or you're like an established legacy and if you're somewhere in the middle it's probably kind of rough exactly and so she was an artist uh, like a mid-career artist over 40 and so she gave this grant anonymously essentially because she felt that there was a very patriarchal and unfair system that exists in um, in the art world mm-hmm. where it's, you know, kind of men in power, like the number of women who are in museums, the number of women's art, which is represented in major museums, is incredibly small, the very opposite of the Nevada legislature. Right. <laughs> um, you know, just there's just a, a tiny fraction of women who kind of represent the the look of what art looks like so she was very much about women helping women and she thought that this was kind of the moment to come out and reveal herself mm-hmm. and i find that really it to me the thing i think is really interesting about this story is is a it's a reminder that what we see in um in art and what we take to be excellence mm-hmm. is very curated by what our society thinks is excellence yeah so if that is majority male we are all being influenced by you know like that's the vision of what genius looks like that's what art looks like that's what creativity looks like and i think that that has an effect mm-hmm. on the way that we process the world subconsciously subconsciously yeah like you don't even realize mm-hmm. that you know you're like oh that like that like an artist is leonardo da vinci like you got to be a turtle to be an artist you know what i mean so um yeah then it was amy sherald painted obama's michelle obama's portrait and she said she got the grant at this moment in time when like she had fifteen hundred dollars in her bank account and she used it to get you know like to be able to keep her studio yeah which is fucking crazy Mm -hmm. and says something about like do we value art in Mm -hmm. our society if like people like you're talking about a mid-career artist who's over 40 who gets commissioned to do the presidential portrait and like you're over 40 years old you've been you've been doing this Mm -hmm. and like you don't you almost lose your studio if you didn't get this grant Mm -hmm. you know it's like what you know yeah i you know what i love about this story in addition to the actual 220 women that mm-hmm. she's helped yeah. twenty five thousand dollars at a time 220 women since mm-hmm. 1992 which is awesome mm-hmm. one thing that i really like about this is like if okay listeners who are very rich mm-hmm. out there <laughs> if uh first of all buy all the products that we advertise second of all <laughs> um this is what you do with it. This is the responsible yes, way yes. to be a citizen. She she inherited money from her father, mm-hmm. and she decided I'm going to not be a shithead with it. I'm mm-hmm. going to to give back and re inject it into the community. And I think that this is she's a really inspiring example of how a person who's been given everything can still have the awareness to give back. Mm-hmm. Sure. And she's like a Medici. I mean, she's literally like the benefactor model. Yeah. But she's an artist herself. So uh-huh. it was like, oh, way to kind of like you know, yeah, push forward. She's super cool. And uh, she did it with her sister, apparently, too, right? Yeah, her mm-hmm. sister was also... I love that. Yeah. Sister, sister. I would watch a movie about that. Two sisters oh, yeah. that, like, secretly give away $25,000 at a time. I love that. To women, yeah. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, Speaking of a woman who's been wealthy and, well, I guess women who are wealthy, here's an example of a woman who's been wealthy and not done great stuff with it. <laughs> Shoe saleswoman Ivanka Trump has discontinued her fashion business, mm. uh, unfortunately. Uh, have you guys seen Ivanka Trump's fashion line, by the way? Yeah, I, I stumbled across a pair of Ivanka shoes at Macy's one day over Christmas and I was shopping with my mom. It was pretty grim. And you yeah. were like, I have to buy these. I need these in size six. You, you know what they kind of reminded me of? If Ann Taylor got straight C's. 
<laughs> that's perfect yes. um it's yes. just sort of yes. i don't know it's sort of like down market basic wear and yeah. nothing really special about it but it was it was made in sweatshops or in foreign in foreign environments and mm-hmm. she uh I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say nobody's really gonna miss the ivanka trump brand of clothing no. um this is the one thing that i thought was really funny about her statement uh earlier this week about Discontinuing her, fa- discontinuing her fashion line. After 17 months in Washington, I do not know when or if I will ever return to the business, but I do know that my focus for the foreseeable future will be the work I am doing here. So making this decision now is the only fair outcome for my team and partners. I have a question. What fucking work? Yes, what work? I was, what just about, work? I was just about to ask that same question. I was like, and is there any way we could convince you to stop doing that work now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe maybe you should just make the shoes, Ivanka. You know, like just... just That's go- a better use. Yeah, of your time just, and our time too. Yeah, just go back. Just go back to the shoes. Do the pointy ones. And yeah, the round, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, keep making shift dresses. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> or like That's fine. purses that look like Kate Spade just gave up. <laughs> yeah, like a Kate Spade mm-hmm. brand mm-hmm. purse with just that's just given up. I just I, uh, I I don't know what. First of all, if her brand is I'm pro woman, I'm you know I I'm an empowering person, and she's in the background of photos of, a, of an administration that separates children from their families and, and does all these horrible things. Like she's just her, her move to stay in Washington is career self-immolation completely. I don't think that I think the longer that she stays there, the longer the stink of her father is going to remain on her. Mm-hmm. And she's made a decision now to let that stink be her entire brand for the yeah. rest of her life. Right. right, right. So good riddance to that Bye. clothing line. Um, This is us finding good news in a story that, that, Starts out pretty bad. You're, you're in LA now. You're going to get some optimism. Yeah. Hashtag just grateful. Kale and sunshine. That's really great. I have, been, I have been eating a lot of kale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Massachusetts has formally repealed an abortion ban. Massachusetts had on its on its books a 173 year old law against the procurement of a miscarriage, and in light of Justice Kennedy's retirement announcement. The Commonwealth has passed a bill called the Nasty Women Act, and the Nasty stands for Negating Archaic Statutes Targeting Young Women Act. And they were been, they've been working on it for six years, but now they finally kind of pushed it through. They're not the only state that is trying to enshrine women's rights to access abortion. New Mexico and New York also doing the same thing, mm-hmm. trying to do the same thing. But New, but Massachusetts is further along, so I guess good for Massachusetts. I mean, I like the I like the acronym there. Nasty yeah. Women Act. That's Nasty that's, that's fun. Nasty Women Act. I mean, it, but it's also sort of like you know, sad, aggressive. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Cool that they did this, but also sad that they had to. <laughs> right. No. That's where we're at. Like, oh yeah. god. Okay, this is a segment we call News Dive. Uh, because we're diving into the news. <laughs> also, because it uh, this is a part of the show that always, when I'm putting together outlines for the show every week, I start to feel really sad because the stories are very heavy. But there's stories that we need to keep talking about because if we don't pay attention to them and just kind of blissfully skip about our lives, there are people that want to do harm that are paying attention and never stop paying attention. So yeah. we're going to talk about some heavy stuff today. Uh, Grace, I wanted you to take the lead on this conversation because I know it's an issue that's very dear to you. Yes, yes. Um, we are uh, 
Well, let me start here. It's it's so interesting to see the ebbs and flows of the stories of the day. Um, like you mentioned, things can get swept under the rug very quickly. And I think the separation of families at the border is one of those stories that really struck a chord with us nationally in a way that was that was heartwarming, you know, to see so many people jump to the aid of these families and to understand kind of universally how problematic this was. But uh, inevitably, with a news cycle, it's kind of you know, gone right now, although we are approaching, if you're listening to this on Thursday, a very important deadline uh, with regard to this story. So I'll start with kind of where we are right now, fill you in on a couple of updates, and then talk about a couple angles that I think have been slightly less than discussed in this area. So uh, again, if you're listening to this on Thursday, federal judge has ordered the Trump administration to reunite the migrant children separated from their families. Uh, But the administration and the ACLU have failed to agree on how much time parents should have to decide on whether to seek asylum after they've reunited with their children. Um, and the Trump so administration... So what, what, what are they asking for? The, uh, the families wanted how many days? Uh, I think they, they... The families want to get reunited with their kids as, as quickly as possible. But then but they I'm wanted sure. like they wanted to have like a little bit of a grace period. Like a, they wanted that's a right, four-day yes. grace period, I think. Correct? I think that's correct, yes. Okay, yes. and then the Trump administration wants to give them... One day. One day, exactly, which is like, how do you, I mean, how do, how, do you, how do you compromise these things? Yeah, you just get, you get reunited with your kid and then you have 24 hours to decide if you want to stay in the country exactly. or get deported. Exactly. That is inhumane. It is absolutely, imagine having to make that decision. Not that you haven't been thinking about it this whole journey, for sure, but it I sounds just... like an episode of reality television. <laughs> almost Fancy. As, almost as if your president was... Formerly it in reality like, television. Like an episode of reality television, but like in Black Mirror. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. And and by the way, that's one of the, the kind of more interesting topics in this area that's been discussed is like some of these parents are considering leaving their kids in the United States, even without them, by the way. If the parents get deported, the kids are left in the United States and they're saying, look, I know that the family, the life that I can provide for my for my child in Guatemala is not nearly as good as a chance they may have to have an amazing life in the United States, mm-hmm. which is really misguided, by the way. I don't think that that's I don't think that's the right direction to go in but when you're faced with a situation of having 24 hours to make a decision about how to handle this you know there's just so much mental anguish and cognitive anguish happening that it's it's no wonder there's a lot of uh, bad decisions being made well it's hard for us to discuss this right now as people that don't have children that have been taken from us yeah and and discuss it and not not find ourselves veering into kind of irrational and try to wrap our heads around it's impossible for us I can't imagine if I were enmeshed in this or personally involved in this, yeah, how I would possibly make a decision or think straight or see straight. And that's, that's I think, one of the bigger issues, too, that we're going to see in the long-term effects of this whole family separation issue. How do you make sure to provide mental health help for the children who have been affected by this, by, for the families that have been affected by this? Because this is not... This is not an acute situation. This is very much something that's going to have chronic repercussions. Uh And I don't think we're looking far enough into the future to determine how can we help these kids. Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility as a country to make sure that we protect the mental health of both the kids and the families. Mm -hmm. We're not even at the point. Right now, of course, we're just trying to reunite families. But at the end of the day, that's not going to be enough. If we're not providing some sort of protection for these kids and for their parents, um, that's on us. I mean, we are are defining a generation based on the kind of anguish that they're experiencing in these days. And that's a question maybe to pose what what do we do knowing that mm-hmm. morally how do we as individuals uh approach this topic knowing that that we have to try to preempt the kinds of repercussions that are inevitable well the thing that's really frustrating is that it shouldn't have happened in the first place exactly we shouldn't have separated 
how many kids were separated? Two, over 2,500 over kids 2500. were mm-hmm. separated from their parents. Um, yesterday, the New York Times had a piece saying that more than 450 migrants were deported without their kids. There's no clear plan on how to reunite them. This is completely something that we made ourselves. Yep. Karen, what did- I was I was just curious. With those 450, mm-hmm. was that the was that a decision that they made, or were they forced into leaving before they were able to make the decision? You know, you were just talking about that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I think I think that they that they were being deported without their children, but not necessarily fully understanding what was happening. Mm-hmm. What we're finding sometimes is that there's a language barrier, of and course. it's not just English Spanish. There's a lot of indigenous languages that that even Spanish speakers don't necessarily know. Yeah. So there's a lot that's getting lost in communication. It's like India. It's like, mean, exactly. Just, yeah, there's exactly. just a ton of local languages in addition to like this like kind of national language, which might be Spanish. Exactly. So not necessarily going to have all the translators. There. Right. So they're not even you know they're not even being armed with the proper information to make a decision properly. Uh, and so these children are ostensibly in, in some sort of system. Mm-hmm. We're not even capable of, of keeping track of, of what families have been separated or where people are being sent. But now the they're kids, in homes or cages. Who knows? Yeah. Now the, now the kids are being sent into these places that are super far away. I remember a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, do you guys read about this, how the, the U.S. government was charging families to get their kids back oh they still are they yeah, still are actually i read something yesterday that was and did you hear also about the amount they're charging up to eight dollars a minute to talk to your kid on the phone from from ice agencies jesus eight dollars they're commodifying this at this point there's a it's, it's ransom basically yeah. you're having to pay ransom to get your kid back yeah, I mean, they they were charging people. I mean, what they were doing was they, they were also like flying them from the border to New York, for example. They flew a lot of kids to New York City, and then they were charging relatives to get them back to where they had been flown by the U.S. government for like no. It's just it's mind bogglingly stupid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and inhumane and awful. Mm-hmm. The administration's attitude toward undocumented people is something that's that's harming undocumented people who are already here. We actually got something from a listener in North Carolina this week. Um, Grace, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, for sure. And first of all, we love getting um, emails and feedback from you guys. So thank you for continuing to give us stories and inspiration. And please feel free to reach out. This is from a listener who works for a nonprofit in Charlotte called the Charlotte Center for Legal Advocacy. Um, So basically, their immigrant justice program works on representing low-income and undocumented immigrants who are victims of domestic abuse. Um, One of their clients was in court getting a domestic abuse protection order. Her name was Maria. Uh, She was getting a domestic violence protection order for her son, who was severely beaten and hospitalized by her American citizen fiancé. As they were exiting the court, ICE apprehended her and her son, detained her at the local field office. Her two-year-old son, by the way, who was an American citizen, was left in court daycare for six hours. She was eventually released. Now she's in deportation proceedings. Oh, my God. So imagine being... The victim of domestic violence and seeking help, actively seeking help, and instead being told, yeah, yeah, that's fine or whatever, but where are your papers? It's just like a Venn diagram of bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like (laughs) domestic violence. It's like you're already going through, you know, there's been a lot of domestic violence in my family. You're already going through, you know, hell on earth. And then it's like, and then it's like, oh, let's just add insult to injury. And then it's like this other, it's just like this combination of just a garbage it's just like fire. it's hatred of women and hatred of the other of mm-hmm. undocumented people kind of just conflating into this awful ugh. 
It's it's I think also an an inability to take responsibility and to step up and say, let's maybe let's maybe prioritize here, for instance. If you're faced with somebody who's in that dire of a situation, are you really going to focus on what their citizenship is if they just desperately need help? Yeah. How do you how do you consciously do that? So like it's probably in the best interest of the state to deport the American fiance anyway. Yeah, right? exactly. Wouldn't we rather like get people? I mean, he's he's American, so unfortunately, we can't deport him. But I mean, I think that it, it makes more sense to get rid of violent individuals than it does to get rid of the people who are the victims of violence. Totally. Totally. It's it's just mine. But there are people in Charlotte who really have been moved by this woman's story. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, according to um, an attorney for the Charlotte Center for Legal Advocacy, the mother and son were taken into custody shortly before the son was scheduled to testify against his mother's ex-fiance. Maria apparently has taken out a civil protective order against the ex-fiance and had moved herself and her children into a domestic violence shelter. And she said the man's complaint against her had no merit and was filed in retaliation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's... Those are the latest updates. Um, I, 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 we wanted to draw attention to a story like this because there is, as you mentioned, Kieran, a Venn diagram, an overlap of uh, a issues. Venn diagram of bullshit. A Venn yes. diagram of bullshit. We're not just dealing with people who are struggling to stay here in the country. We're also dealing with people who are here and whose quality of life is uh, uh, j- just horrific. And um, when you don't have papers it's like the way that you are so vulnerable to a system so what was this yeah. woman supposed to hypothetically do just right. accept the domestic violence in her life that's do you know what i mean because yeah. it's like, a brilliant brilliant point too because think about the struggle that she has made just coming forth sure how many women out there don't even feel like they have the courage to be able to step up and seek help mm-hmm. or the fear yeah if you if you feel like oh i can't come forward to ask for help from you know, the bureaucracy that's exactly. in place because, like, what happens to my immigration status? Right. You know, so it, that, and that goes for women who are experiencing, you know, like sexual violence. And if they're undocumented, you, you just don't have the same levels of recourse in terms of pay mm-hmm. or in terms of any kind of abuse. Yeah. And that becomes so, well, so insidious. This is why I, we refer to the undocumented community as living in the shadows because they really do. I mean, as it is, there, there are so many repercussions right now with social media being as prominent as it is. We feel like any mistake that we might make in life could be displayed and, you know, and, and to grand effect. But like imagine just living, having to live um, as quietly as possible, not yep. being able to identify yourself truly as, as who you may be because you're afraid of getting caught doing something wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And this also made me think like an undocumented person who is being subjected to abuse has to make a decision about what's worse, getting deported or continuing to be abused. Right. Yeah. And what a fucking awful decision to have to yeah. make. Nobody yeah. should have to make to, nobody should have to make that decision. It's no. the state's role to protect people from abuse. Yeah. And period, regard, by the way, regardless, regardless of, of their status of anything about them, it's the state's role to protect people, whether they're prisoners, whether they're uh, whether they're undocumented, whether they uh, whatever their gender expression is. It, it's the state's role to protect people from abuse. And the mm-hmm. state is utterly failing people, mm-hmm. utterly the, failing people. The state regularly fails people. I mean, there's just I, I mean, a big thing to me is like there's just a level of systemic when you put something into a system mm-hmm. of like into a bureaucracy, how easy it becomes for somebody else to say, hey, these are the rules. And like just shrug off like that idea of ordinary evil. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very upsetting it's why i yell a lot at american (laughs) airlines on the telephone (laughs) well i think i think that that's this is all very dark but people Mm -hmm. in charlotte have have mobilized in favor of this woman there was a small demonstration i believe outside the courthouse recently 
And, you know, if you are somebody who works with immigrant communities, don't hesitate to contact. Journalists are interested in covering this. Yeah. A hundred percent. Contact a journalist that you know. Contact a podcast host that you know. <laughs> um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up. There's another story that's really rough. There's not very much to say about it except that it's terrible and our hearts are with uh, the people in Oakland. Um, Nia Wilson was killed by a man. She and her sister were both stabbed on a BART platform in, outside of San Francisco and uh, it's it's a really horrible story. Mm-hmm. It's touched a lot of people, and people in Oakland are really mobilizing around Nia. And uh, I just wanted our our listeners, if you haven't read the story, it's it's really horrific, but it's something that we should, you know, not stop paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, the state and individuals feel entitled to inflict violence against people who are not white all the time, and it's not going to go away unless we keep talking about it. So. We're thinking about Nia Wilson and her family and the people of Oakland, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> five so, stars no comment 100% great that's the type that's my favorite sport the new the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit all things that are absolutely essential in a legging essential uh, I love these leggings they are because you know like not everybody's the same you know so mm-hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty so I size up a little bit but then it's usually too big in my waist and so now I just just pull that drawstring and I don't show I don't show any crack when I bend over (laughs) congratulations thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much see you have your baby and I have my butt crack (laughs) (laughs) for guys there's the men's core short the most comfy lined athletic short out there and the men's Sunday performance jogger oh my gosh Alyssa my brother who I have given Viore performance gear to won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to fiori.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. 
Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at a dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. Beyonce, Katanji Brown Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, the Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. And we're back. We're going to talk about an extremely non-heavy news story. (laughs) Uh, although I, you know, every once in a while you need a little levity to keep yourself, uh, keep yourself going. This week we got to hear how Trump handles dating, uh, via a tape that, uh, that, that his lawyer made of him and, and Michael Cohen discussing a payment to a woman who claimed that Trump and her were having an affair, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult for people who aren't Donald Trump, but are, who are in his orbit to find dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story in Fox News to, this week about how Trump supporters in D.C., people who work in the Trump orbit, are having trouble getting laid. Oh my God, it's so, so hard. So hard. hard. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read some quotes from this story because, I mean, like I said, it's kind of a subgenre right now. People are like, why are my terrible opinions leading people to believe I might be terrible? Well, gee, fucking Einstein, I don't know. Uh, One 29-year-old lobbyist told Fox that learning to date in the Trump world is, quote, absolutely insane. It's getting so bad, (laughs) the lobbyist said, who has to remain anonymous because she works with the administration. Another person said that they've endured insults on dating apps for posing with the American flag. Oh, oh. For loving America too much. You know what, though? If it looks like America's already your girlfriend, then I'm not going to try to compete with that. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not trying to be a homewrecker. Erin, <laughs> I think what you're trying to do is make a PSA for these people <laughs> uh-huh. who are really struggling out there, these yeah. Trump supporters. So to all of our listeners, it's like reach across the aisle with a reach around, you know? <laughs> reach focused, around the aisle. Reach around the aisle. We're focused on parents being separated from their kids, but we should be focused on Trump supporters being separated from their good sex lives. Yeah. <laughs> so also like from access to of all other uh, genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, mm-hmm. dating is rough regardless. Like it's hard to find love and there are plenty of people who can't find people to go out with or they feel very lonely. And I don't mean to shame people who can't find dates. But I do mean to shame people who can't find dates and are assholes. <laughs> it's funny when this stuff happens to assholes. It's like, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's another Venn diagram of bullshit. It totally is. 
Minta graphs, charts and graphs. <laughs> the Kieran Lane right there. <laughs> it's just Venn diagrams. It's really, it's all just Venn diagrams. Well, here's what's interesting to me. It seems to be focused, like all these people are focused on how hard it is to find people via dating apps, right? All the Trump supporters are like, every time I'm on a dating app and like, you know, I get either kicked off Tinder because I have the MAGA hat on or like I end up meeting somebody and then they discover, like, what do you expect from dating apps? Regardless of whether you're a Trump supporter or not, from what I understand, it's miserable for everybody. So it's like, yeah, you're getting some form of prejudice because, you know, you're on a dating app. Well, that's to be expected, I mm -hmm. think. Know that before you get into it. Yeah, I just assume, I assume that people on dating apps are spies. I assume everybody's a spy, first yes, of all. That's but fair. like, you know, anytime anybody good looking engages with me, I'm like, What's your deal? <laughs> are you trying to get info? Because I don't have any info. I'm 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 not important. <laughs> I mean, are you have you ever stopped like w when you were dating? Did you ever stop seeing somebody because of their political beliefs? I know that I couldn't do it because it's like even if I've dated somebody who's like a different, you know, somebody who doesn't understand like gender discrimination or like doesn't believe that that's real or really has a hard time comprehending it or somebody who's, you know, entire friend group like or has really empathetic views. But it's like then I like look at their friends and I was like, you only hang out with white dudes. Like, how is everyone, you know, a white dude? Do you mm -hmm, know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the, there's there's already going to be like, you know, points of, of disconnect maybe in your experience with whoever your partner is. And I mm -hmm. think if it's, if the rift is that big, it would just be, a, it, it would just categorically be very difficult to, uh, to, to bridge the gap. Like, I'm sure there's good things about everybody. Do you know what I mean? Everybody, uh, totally, totally. every, everybody poops, you know? <laughs> um, well, even, and, even with friends and family members, like hearing, you know, that somebody's a Trump supporter has, it causes a rift. So yeah, I can only imagine if, if that's going on in your dating life. I don't know what, why you stick it out. Yeah. I've I, like, because you're not already related. That's yeah. right. You That's have a probably... you have a choice to roll out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I try to be pretty open minded with my friends, but I think that everybody is totally reasonable in in narrowing what their standards are for somebody they're going to date. Yeah, like yeah. I have plenty of friends who are. I have one of my very favorite people in the world is a woman who is adamantly pro life, and she and I sometimes talk about our differences. Sometimes we don't really we don't really get super super into it i know exactly where she's coming from she knows where i'm coming from yeah i adore her um but if she were a man i probably wouldn't date her you know it because yeah. she's my friend and, and i think that it's fine to be friends with somebody who's totally different from you beliefs wise as long as they're willing to in good faith engage with you but for, when it comes to a partner i just i just can't well if you were gonna date her and then you guys had an accident you'd have like a categorical like that would really mm -hmm. that would you're be right. very problematic you right. know like you're not on the same page yeah i just th i think there's also like a justice thing too because it'd be one thing if donald trump were not the person in power right now yeah you know because then it'd just be sort of like oh that's weird it's Quirky. like somebody yeah it's like somebody who voted for ron paul you're like oh <laughs> that's cute yeah. okay fine but you know if ron paul were actually the president they would become a menacing entity because a lot of ron paul's views are dangerously kooky right right uh, so so i think that you know if, if donald trump was just like a fringe weirdo it'd sort of be just a funny little detail but instead it's kind of everything it's 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 an ethos is the thing it's not it's really not just like one vote that you cast it's really a worldview this is what i was gonna say tell me what you guys think about this might actually be a bit of a departure part of what makes me roll my eyes about this whole group of people is that there's nothing more basic bitch than somebody who's just like, I'm a Trump supporter, I'm not a Trump supporter. There's no nuance to it. There's nothing that, that is not a personality. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's the issue with this community is that in many ways there's sort of, 
<clears throat> hinging their entire personality on them being Trump supporters. That's 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 them now. Right. And that doesn't tell me anything about you except that like I probably don't like you and I probably have a propensity to to take fault with your personality, but there's not anything there that's deep at all. Right. They're kind mm. of like the juggalos, but not yeah. likable. Yes. Because juggalos yes. are super likable. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly what it. What is a juggalo? Oh, Kieran. I'm very Kieran. sorry. We'll send you some pics. Google it. Yeah. It, they're, they're like a... They're a that was the most disappointed I've ever <laughs> heard you be about a thing I'm going to pull the ever. picture of the Insane Clown Posse Kieran. right now so you can see this. Kieran. Kieran. They're, they're, fans of a, they're fans of a rock rap group <laughs> called uh, Insane Clown Posse. And they are, a, a generally speaking, a kind of proud outsiders. And you should do some Grace reading is, on them. There's Grace been... is just showing me Google images. And I can I can honestly say I had no idea about this <laughs> sub-community. But between now and the next podcast, I'll do a deep dive and paint my face. There's been some, there's been some really good journalism about Juggalos. And, and it's I think that at first people were laughing at them. And then people came around to be like, actually, they're super nice and support each other and love each other. And now like it's a now we kind of miss the days. I wish that it, we had a Juggalo president. TBH. I agree completely. By the way, maybe that's the issue. It's like Trump community, that Trump, the Trump supporter community need to learn to love themselves. <laughs> Just like the Juggalos. So maybe if you look within your own community, you'll find somebody who... It has the same ideology as mm -hmm. you do. And swipe then you right can on find yourself. Like, swipe, swipe right, right on, on yourself. yourself. Exactly. <laughs> we have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take a quick trip to New York City for Dude You Asked. You look around your business and see inefficiency everywhere. So you should know these numbers. 37,000, the number of businesses which have upgraded to the number one cloud financial system, NetSuite, by Oracle. 25. NetSuite just turned 25. That's 25 years of helping businesses streamline their finances and reduce costs. One, because your unique business deserves a customized solution, and that's NetSuite. Learn more when you download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com streaming. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. Beyonce, Katanji Brown-Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, The Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life, maybe that's yourself, to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. And we're back with Week and Sorry. I'm Erin. I'm with Kieran and Grace. 
we are going to go over apologies. Apologies that were, apologies that are, apologies that will never be. Uh, women over apologize. I think that puts us in a unique position to assess the sincerity of apologies from other people. So let's get into it. Kieran, what is your sorry from the week? Mine was this uh, Refinery29 article, which many of you might have read about uh, the money diaries that they run. And they had uh, a, a really specific one. And we're going to get more into this in like future episodes. But they had this really specific one that kind of got the Internet aflame. It was about a 21-year-old a debt-free college student who makes $25 an hour at an internship um, while she collects a $1,100 monthly allowance from her family, as well as $2,100 for rent. And then I think that there was plus a 300 bucks from her granddad. That which she was is like, crazy. And then she was Same. like, hashtag blessed, uh, which I really didn't appreciate. Um, I So... You know, there's again, we'll get into this in, you know, the taboo of money like later on. But uh, Refinery29 definitely, you know, g caught wind of the fact that people were really like, what the fuck? Why are you running this? Um, and they their title for the thing was um, about that money diary. And they're like, yes, we know you've got opinions on last week's entry. Here's to all the haters. And then they go on to show <laughs> a ton of charts and graphs of their demographics and who they've interviewed and who's rich and who's poor, which is like never the way to go into an apology, I would say, is to be like, here's to all you haters. And then it's just like charts and graphs of like why you're actually right and dope. So I was not super happy with Refinery29 on this one. What I thought was weird about it is the headline was like, why it was the gist of it was like, here's why you like to judge women and how they spend money. Right. It's just so like, like, yeah, this is not a gender thing. This is a you a stupid hoe thing. Yeah. That, that, crosses, that crosses all gender expressions. If like, uh, yeah, if a man, if it were a money diary of a 21 year old man, I would be like, Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah no, it's not it's it is not a gender thing. It it is a money thing. And it's also a hey, Refinery 29, you have a huge fucking platform thing. And yeah. this is the person that you choose to profile in your even if you're doing a lot of profiles, it's like, how many have you done? Mm -hmm. Have you done two thousand? Mm -hmm. No? Then fucking, you know, stay in your lane a little bit with that and maybe don't pick the people who have, you know, eight million thousand hundred. I do like um, that it's united so many people in our hatred for <laughs> both the article and for this person who may not even exist, right? What are the chances? Oh, yeah. There's one there was one popular conspiracy theory that I saw on <laughs> Twitter.com where a woman was like, I don't think these people are real. And I'm compelled to, to think that that's not a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Like, that's mm -hmm. not, it's, I mean, I'm not going to accuse Refinery29 of making something up. No, no. But no. a column, whenever I read anything on the internet that I'm like, this is fucking nuts. It, it could be like the sex diaries yeah. is the equivalent in, in the cut or even like Ryan's Roses or whatever mm -hmm. on Kiss FM, like those kinds of, you know, oh, we're going to catch you in the middle of an affair. That's all. It's all fake. They have voiceover actors mm -hmm. doing it. I, I think don't believe everything we read on the Internet, but sure, get incensed over that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is there are people who are paid a lot, who, whose parents give them money. Yes. Who are born on third base and not only think they hit a triple, they think <laughs> they think they invented baseball. <laughs> and, and, and I think that that's something that it's good for us to unite around making that a publicly distasteful way to live. Totally. People, People need to learn. Shame is a good tool. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's I think that's good. And Refinery 29s explanation wasn't really up to snuff. And yeah. it wasn't an apology. Yeah. I don't think they needed to apologize. Right. But it, their explanation was kind of like, 
what? Yeah, it is a very like, here's all the shitty things that you say in the comments. Here's how you judge people. Here's how we're amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, here's how I don't like you as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Grace, what do you got? Okay, so Minnesota Representative Jason Lewis has refused to apologize for past remarks as the host of a radio show wherein he lamented not being able to call women sluts. That's true. We are arresting men for calling women sluts mm. nowadays. We ever ch- ever since the Don't Call Us Sluts Act of 2010. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And his statement in 2012 was, are we beyond those days where a woman can behave as a slut, but you can't call her a slut? He whined. <laughs> that's a real whine. That's a real whine. Dude, right so there. he used to, so I grew up in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, but across the border in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I remember when he had a radio show and my dad used to hate listen to it. My <laughs> real really? life, yeah. My real dad, my real dad, not Paul Ryan, my joke, my Positive America joke dad. <laughs> um, but he used to listen to it. And my, I remember my mom and him getting into arguments. My mom being like, we're not listening to Jason Lewis. And my dad thinking like, what? I have to learn what they're saying. And my mom being like, no. Uh, here's the thing that's like interesting to me about Jason Lewis, though. Jason Lewis is currently representing Minnesota's second district. Mm-hmm. He's a Republican. He is running against Angie Craig, who he narrowly defeated in 2016. Mm. That is a tight race, tight. Minnesota. Minnesota, listen, <laughs> you can unseat Rep. Jason Lewis. Like, you can do it. He wants to call you a slut. Yeah. You shouldn't have a congressman who wants to call you a slut. And not like in a quirky, ironic way either. Because I'm I'm all for, like, taking, you know, taking over words like bitch that we use or hysteria. colloquially. Or hysteria. Right. Like, right. I but love... Those are coming from women. Yeah. They're not coming That's... from somebody who thinks women are sluts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, we had an election where we voted in a dude who uh, uh, talked about grabbing him by the pussy. And this is, like, at least... Uh, statewide version of something that can be done you yeah know, yeah on a local level that would uh rectify that a little bit i'm with you on or this not call make to the action same mistake twice yes exactly and and that's why i'm with you on this call to action too because it's like we can do something actionable to prevent this kind of thing this person should never have been in office to begin with mm-hmm. stick to radio <laughs> not podcast please that's our lane but stick, <laughs> stick to making my parents fight yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, he's running against angie craig is the name of his opponent her website is angiecraig.com she's a democrat she's a woman i think if you are in minnesota's second district i think you know what to do mm-hmm. i think if you're not in minnesota's second district i think you also know what to do <laughs> move there <laughs> pick up your life now yeah i really think that eventually we're going to have to get to a point where we regentrify red states we're going to have to have a strategic like absolutely we're going to go colonize small town america and regentrify it that's what we're going to do yeah like iowa like i was at one of those states i think that's kind of most poised for that, right? Wisconsin too. Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. had been it voted voted blue in almost every presidential well, in every presidential election for several in a row. Mm-hmm. I think after eighty four, it was blue every election until twenty sixteen. Just start like an avocado toast factory in the <laughs> middle, and then the, the millennials will flock. I was going to say they they, they actually do have very nice uh, lakes there. Iowa, I've, uh, yeah, I've gone there a lot. For, I was really well, pretty. I was going to say Wisconsin too. Mm-hmm. It's very oh. pretty. They got a lot of nice lakes. And then what's that thing that they have? The cheese curds? That's correct. <laughs> yeah. It's like she knew it. She knew what I was talking about. And I was like, and those are delicious. And curds? I, don't, I think you could, I mean, if you had the toast factory with the curds. And an I IPA mean, and an IPA on tap. Oh, my with God. Like, Beer in Wisconsin is also incredible. Phenomenal. So it, okay. I mean, sold. We yeah. Lake, lake house with cheese curds and avocado toast. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to regentrify the Midwest. We're, we're coming back. <laughs> All right. Kieran and Grace, thank you so much for bringing your apologies or non-apologies to me today, to our listeners today. 
Up next, I'll have what she's having with Alyssa Mastromonaco and Z-Way Fumuto. I'll have what she's having. This is where the women of hysteria recommend things that women made, women they find inspirational, and uh, we talk about them and we, we tell you all about them. So I'm here with Z-Way and Alyssa, part of the New York crew, and we are recommending some ladies to you this week. Uh, Z-Way, do you want to get started? Sure. I will recommend the most pivotal book in my lifetime, which was Sula by Toni Morrison. It is a beautiful book about a woman who is kind of a messiah of a community, and she never gets any credit for it. Sula, go read a book. I just pictured the reading the reading rainbow theme. Do you remember that thing? It was like da da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, there's a rainbow over me in the studio, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, what's yours? So I have two two ladies, Ashley Park and Kate Rockwell. Ashley Park played Gretchen Wieners, and Kate Rockwell plays Karen Smith in Mean Girls on Broadway. Mm. And I was very skeptical about Mean Girls on Broadway, but it's genius, and they are such iconic characters um, that. I like didn't think it could be done, but they're awesome, and you should go see them because they're awesome. It's a great play. It's a great play. It's a, I, I, it's a musical, and I want to go back and see it again because it's actually incredibly timely, and there are some fun Trump references in it. <laughs> Tina Fey wrote it. Yeah, Tina Fey did. wrote she it, did. and her husband wrote the music for it. Yep. yep. Talk about a Ruth and Marty relationship. I know. Oh, that's a great right. pairing. Yeah. Guys. That's what I want. Yeah. So, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what <laughs> she's having. And she's having an orgasm. <laughs> so my my recommendation is um is uh, an artist named Mitski, a musical artist named Mitski. She has a new album dropping in August, and I'm a huge fan of hers. Mm. She's, I believe she's Canadian American, and she has this really kind of cool husky voice and this minimalist style that all of a sudden will just explode at you. And it's really gorgeous. Her last album, I've been re-listening to her last album in preparation for the new album dropping in August, and it's called Puberty 2, and that album is perfect, top to bottom. It's such a good album. Just listen to it from the beginning to the end, and your life will change. And I just have to say that Erin has a lot of good musical recommendations on her Insta story, um, and I often pick them up and I listen to them, and she has very good taste. So Never check it out. Oh, Never disappoints. Oh, thank you guys. Alyssa, Z-Way, thanks for hanging out with me. Bye. Hello. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're back in Los Angeles. I'm Erin with Grace and Kieran. We're going to end the episode. But first, the dumbest hill I'm dying on this week. I've got a dumb hill that I'm going to die on, guys. I think high-waisted pants are good, and I like them. High-waisted shorts, high-waisted pants. High-waisted jeans? High-waisted jeans. I think they're good. I've seen people complain about them a lot, but I think they're good. I like them. I don't uh, disagree with that at all. I completely agree. I think this really depends on your figure, okay? Um, Because high-waisted pants can be very unflattering for certain people, a.k.a. me. (laughs) Uh, And I don't like them. You're a hard pass. I'm a, yeah, I just it's it's because it can be big on the hips or if your boobs are big, it makes them look like really crazy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're wearing like sure. one of those small shirts and it's just like a mess. I'm yeah. I don't think everybody should wear high waisted pants, but because I, I agree that they're so not you're universe. into discrimination. They're not, <laughs> yeah. I know they're not you, you, you. There's like styles that are not universally flattering, but I don't think that we should disparage them because on some people they are very flattering. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's my hill that I'm going to die in this week. Mm. I think that's fair. Grace, what's uh, yours? Uh, my, mine. 
actually might be a little bit oh, controversial. Let's mm-hmm. see what you guys think. It's 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 maybe not that dumb. Um, have you guys seen Who Is America, the new Sasha Baron Cohen show? Yeah. I don't think that it is the solution. And that is the hill that I'm willing to die on this week. Mm. I think that Sasha Baron Cohen is shocking, and I think it's a hilarious show. I think he's brilliant at what he does. I think the prosthetics could use some work on that show. <laughs> um, but I, I've been I've been thinking that like it's 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 divisive, and I think it's partisan, and I think it's a little it's a little harmful. And I mean, we could do a deep dive into this at some point because I think like the the ramifications of it are are still coming out. Um, I think what it's done for who's the Georgia representative. Um, Jason something. Uh, yeah, Jason something. The fact that he's he's resigning, I think that we just heard about that last night or this morning, uh, is an indication of how this show is actually making real inroads into the world of politics in a positive way. But when we have a shock jock artist as our president, a shock artist as a comedian, like in the way that Sasha Baron Cohen is, it just doesn't land as much as, hmm. as it did in years past. That's interesting. You know, one thing that I think is really good about the show and I know people who worked on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's brilliantly put together, and too. Like, yeah. it really is. I don't want to disparage the quality of the work. Yeah, it, it is, it's really funny. One of, the, one of the things I like about the show is that the Israeli character kind of takes advantage of right-wing, like, kind of blind Israeli allegiance. So, like, yes. he's able to get access to people, I think, by taking advantage of the fact that a lot of people on the American right-wing are, are so... Uh, are so ostensibly on that character's side that they are willing to overlook obvious clues that he's just screwing with them. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think that it exposes like blind allegiance to a specific ideology can be dangerous to you, regardless of what that ideology is, because it can lead you astray. Yes, I think yes. that's an important lesson. Yeah, but for that's sure. An, I, I bet we're going to get some interesting listener. I want to hear some know. feedback. Yeah, because um, yours is kind of like a when they go when they go low, we go high. It's, I guess it's, it's 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 a little bit of that, or, or it's more like if they've it, you know what what new things are we learning really from the like we already know that republic we already know that some of these people that have been exposed are dummy dum dums who shouldn't have been in office to begin with. We already know that. That's a technical so, term. That's a technical <laughs> term. Look it up. It's in the declaration. Holly Sai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a super courageous show. I think it's really funny, but I think it doesn't go far enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, yeah, let's get some feedback and see what people think about that. All right, Karen, what's yours? Um, mine is controversial, but in a different way. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't like, uh, weed and I'm willing to die oh, on that hill. Yeah, okay. Very controversial yes, for California. Yes. That's a true California opinion. I don't like weed and I don't appreciate when people who really like weed, Try to push it on me. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. When they're just like, "Hey, man, have you you haven't tried the right one yet? Like, try sativa. What about the blue?" I like this character. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Thank yeah. you. That's actually my impression of everyone who isn't myself. That's perfect. <laughs> but it's just like, like they're always like, nah, nah, nah. and it's like, why are you peddling a drug and trying to push it on me? I was like, if the drug, do- I have tried weed. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. It doesn't mm-hmm. work for me. It doesn't make me feel good. And people are like, but you just didn't do the right way. Give it another chance. And I was like, I'm not in a fucking relationship with weed. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to, if I'm putting in more effort than the drug, I don't want the drug. You know what the, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? I'm not a big weed fan either, which is like I moved to California and it's like, I don't want to do this. Um, you know, one thing that's like it reminds me of is if you're a woman who doesn't like oral sex, Men are always like, you just haven't met me. And it's like, no. (laughs) No. It's like if you don't like something that specifically is expected to be in the repertoire and you're like, I don't like it. They're like, no, mm -mm, it's just I haven't done it yet. I don't want to do it. And people are like that with weed 100%. I 
think I, I don't disagree with you on that. I don't disagree either. And I'm wondering wow. what that says about us as a group because it's not I, I've, I've, I've tried it myself a couple times as well. I don't really get it. It's generally been in conjunction with alcohol where it's sort of it all you know mingles in together. Um, what I'm interested in now is that there's this new movement to put weed like little droplets of weed in uh in lattes like every place in los angeles now is no. selling weed lattes yeah mm -hmm. it's a real thing so it's like you know a seven dollar latte you can get a little bit of weed oil or whatever it's called i'm sure a listener will, will tell us what that is um it's taking it too far it's too far i'm leaving that's I'm, it i'm leaving aaron's out aaron's <laughs> out i'm out um that's all the time we have today guys uh thank you for sharing the hills you'll die on I'm Aaron Ryan. You need to get in touch. Hysteria at crooked.com. There will be more hysteria next week.